Hello everyone, I'm Kendall. I'm Brianna. And this is... When the light goes out! When the light goes out. <laughs> I did that last time too, shit. I had to stop doing that. No, that's the theme song. That is the theme song. Uh, well, I'm so happy you guys are here again because it's been a day. Let me tell you, I woke up this morning kind of feeling gloomy and I was like shit it's not my day today it's a Wednesday too we don't usually record on Wednesdays but it's okay we're here now I'm here with Brie in her presence and my day is better so hey <laughs> that's <Me>. it <laughs> I did so much today I'm so proud of myself I literally did eight loads of laundry um because I let it collect for too long because I have a lot of clothes and I never end up running out. I just am like, yeah, this is really bad. I should probably do it now. You're doing way better than I am. Let's go <laughs> goddamn sure. But, oh well. <laughs> it was literally so bad. But everything's clean now. Feels nice. No, it's okay. I'm over here wearing chalk shops because I ran out of my regular my regular underwear. <laughs> no. Listen, that's okay. <clears throat> Honestly, yeah, we ain't judging here. This is this is a no free judge zone. So. <laughs> Free judge zone. A judge free zone. <laughs> there Listen, you go. it's late. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> oh yeah, did we? Uh, I think we forgot to mention that it's almost ten o'clock right now. Yeah, we are doing a when the light goes out at dark. At dark. At, at dark. Night. <laughs> I almost said at that. night. At night. <laughs> yeah, mm, yeah. We're spooky. a little different this today, but it's okay. Damn, your ass looks bad. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Okay, wait. Tell me why Brie was looking at my ass in the reflection of the mirror. She's like, damn. I was like, you know it's popping girl stop. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Quit playing. I'm screaming. Why does look better than mine? <laughs> it, honestly, the way I'm sitting is just so seductive. It's fine. Trying um, to seduce my cat. Honestly, her cat is just sitting to the side like, hey, it's big ass. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. No, it's cool. <laughs> well, um, I had not thought of any like movies this week, quite honestly. It's been a long week. I'm sorry. Yeah. Last week was a lot. So yeah, I haven't really watched a lot on TV lately, but uh, if you need anything to watch, I guess anything I've watched that's older um i rewatched fear street do you yeah. remember that show yeah i remember that one i liked it that was really i realized it was really good watching it the second time around throughout like all the way through because when i first watched it i think they put everything back to back yeah it was like uh week. once a week or something once like a that. week yeah so i rewatched that and i'm like oh damn i forgot how good this is and it was really good so. yeah because it was like all connected yeah everything. all connected yeah. and hmm, it's like that mm-hmm. that and um the midnight uh it's called the midnight club and I think my Netflix was recommending me that. Really? Is it that just, good? <clears throat> it just came it's out. Like with all the kids, right? Yeah. It, it just came out and it's actually really good too. It's kind of just dark though because all the kids are, spoiler alert, they're sick. So, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the basis of the show. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they go, yeah, it's a good show. No, I'll, I'll have to watch it. Maybe Simon will want to watch it. I'm that. sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I don't want to hold us up too much because this is our first two-parter story. Woo! And today is part one of our story. Our story today is the case of Eileen Wernos, and I'm sure a lot of people have heard of her. She's a very well-known 
crazy ass serial killer. And <laughs> she was actually the first woman serial killer. That is very correct. Good yeah. job, Brie. A plus plus. Woo! First A plus of my life. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I was a good God. student. Don't play. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, she is the first documented American female serial killer, which is just crazy to me. Congratulations. Congratulations, bitch. You made it. <laughs> you made it, but you're known, but not for good things. Yeah, exactly. Her case was kind of sad, though. Honestly, this is a sad case. It, it's really sad, and honestly, I didn't even know a lot about her until I did a lot of this research. Can't really tell you where I even got the inspiration to, to do the research for the story. I think a lot of friends were like, do a Michigan story, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll do, like, half Michigan, half out. <laughs> yeah, right? She was, like, born in Michigan? No? <laughs> she was, yeah. yeah. She was born in Michigan, and a lot of shit had happened, unfortunately, growing up, and yeah, so... There's a movie on Netflix, too. I think it's called Eileen or something like that. It was a, it was a good one, but it was about her life. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's Monster, yeah. Monster, so, Monster yes. with Charlize Theron. I had recently watched the movie for the first time also, because I wanted to just, you know, see what that movie was about, yeah. and wow, that movie was fucking insane. Charlize Theron is an amazing actress already. She is so beautiful, and yeah. the fact that she, like, put so much work into that. I heard that, like, she put on 30 pounds for that role. Really? She put on 30 pounds, and she shaved her eyebrows for that role, too. Wow. It's not crazy? That's dedication. And not only her, but, um, her... I like to little lesbian co-star. lover. Yeah. yeah her uh, little love story. What is her name? <laughs> oh my god, you guys will know her. You guys are probably yelling it right now through the, through the speaker. What's her name? I don't even know. Uh, no, she, she plays in... Uh, what is that movie? Beetlejuice. Oh, Winona Ryder. When, not, oh, fuck. That's the wrong person. No, it's not her either. Fuck. Oh, well. Um, Winona Ryder's in Beetlejuice, but she kind of does look like her, no? She does look like her. Yeah. I'm thinking of Winona Ryder, but that's not Winona Ryder. Oh, no, well. It'll come to me, or you guys can just, you know, yell at me later for not knowing her name. <laughs> okay, I'm not good with actresses or actors, so I don't know. Honestly, I'm okay at it, so it's all right. You're like the pop, pop, oh my God. <clears throat> the pop culture king. You are the pop culture buff <laughs> yeah she's right no <laughs> it's not me <laughs> no it's okay i'll i'll give you a lot of trivia don't worry oh i'm gonna fail at it all <laughs> no it's all right it's all right but without further ado let's just get into the story let's get serious all right so part one of eileen Wernos. so just a little intro into who she was eileen admitted to murdering seven men total in florida between december of 1989 and November of 1990. Though she affirmed that she was allegedly defending most of her brutal murders um, that she called Johns in an attempt to um, get away from these people because they were causing her harm. So, I mean, take that as you will. And as we just dive into this case, I want you all to be aware that um, there are a lot that goes on in the story that goes sideways in just a minute, so it doesn't take long for this story to go a little berserk and a listener's discretion is advised as this case contains rape, suicide, and a lot of brutal harassment. Also, side note, if you ever hear running around, it is the cats that are in the background. <laughs> Breeze cats are... Boo and Bunny say hi. <clears throat> they cute as hell though, so it's okay. <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> Eileen Wiranos was born Eileen Carol Pittman in Rochester, Michigan on February 29th, 1950. 
1956 to parents Leo Dale Pittman and Diane Wernos. Now, she had an older brother that was named Keith Wernos, who was one year older than she was. And Eileen's mother, Diane, was 16 when she had gave birth to her. And months before her birth, Diane left 19-year-old Leo, Eileen's father, um, who was a handyman at the time. So Eileen had never known her father for a good reason, too. Around the time of her birth, her father was convicted of child uh, molestation after kidnapping and raping a seven-year-old girl. No. Yeah. Wow. I know. Uh, yeah, we're starting off great, right? Well, <laughs> well wow. serving this, uh, his prison sentence on January 30th of 1969, he had presumably committed suicide by hanging while being held at the Kansas State Penitentiary. So her father was an absolute piece of shit. Yeah, well-deserved. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sorry, you sexually assault a girl fucking seriously? Like... Rest, a child. Rest in fucking distress. That's all I got to say about that. Distress, yes. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, before Eileen had even turned four years old, her mother, Diane, gave her and her brother up for um, ad- adoption. Technically, she gave her up to her own parents. Technically, their grandparents, uh, who were Laurie and Britta Wernos. I'm sorry. Uh, that's kind of hard to understand who is who, I think, because those are kind of both feminine, I guess, names. Uh, Lori is her grandfather. Britta is her grandmother. So that's just, I guess, a good... Britta, like the water filter? Yeah, literally, it's about the same way. Love that. (laughs) Now, her grandmother, Lori, at the time was working... Oh, sorry. Her grandfather, Lori, at the time was working as an engineer at the Ford Motor Company in Metro Detroit. Period. Shout out. Shout out to Detroit, but not really. Sorry, because not sure what her grandmother did, but she spent most of her time being an alcoholic. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Lost for words. Lost for literally... Her father was gonna expect. uh, I know. And her her father was also an alcoholic, but I think her grandmother was just more absent minded at the time, so she just didn't work. I'm not really sure. I didn't find a lot of sources on that. But not a great childhood. Not at all. And it gets really, really brutal. Eileen was mostly on her own throughout her youth, and she did not really obtain many skills or even concrete education to rely on, unfortunately. And a wild part about this is that Eileen for the longest didn't even know that her aunts and uncles that she lived with because she did have aunts and uncles were her actual aunts and uncles she always thought they were her siblings i guess that kind of makes sense because if you're living with your grandparents you're growing up with them kind of seems like that so i guess it you know kind of makes sense and then again her mom was also young when she had her so i guess that also makes sense too yeah fair enough and she only found out through gossip that her aunts and uncles were her um sorry and she only found out through gossip around school and such that her cousins weren't her cousins i mean sorry god i keep fucking that up she only found out through gossip around school that her siblings were not her siblings they were her aunts and uncles because unfortunately kids would talk hella shit about her around school about her 
friendly. Yeah, right in front of her. And sadly, moving in with her grandparents, aunts and uncles only worsened her youth. You can definitely say that her life began to start spiraling out of control if it wasn't already terrible. And like I had just mentioned, after moving in with her grandparents, Eileen was forced to adapt to a life of alcoholic grandparents. So... A sadder part about this is that her grandfather would beat her horrifically and her grandmother would generally just sit idle or contribute to the abuse herself. Oh my god. I know. Moreover, with little corroborative evidence, it is said that Eileen and her brother would engage in experimental and sexual sexual intercourse. Yikes. Uh, yeah. And along with this, a very, very bad thing, her own grandfather, Lori, would also molest her repeatedly. Her family sucks. Her family is a piece of shit. But moving on, unfortunately, you know, this kind of childhood just doesn't go over very well. Uh, around the age of 11 years old, Eileen would begin opening herself up to prostitution. And How old? 11. Wow. I know. And it's just kind of crazy to me because... Like, 11-year-old is just going to obviously cling on to what she knows. And when she's... Yeah, product of her environment. Yeah. And when you're like... sad. When you're like so young, you don't know. And I feel so bad. And one thing I wanted to also mention to everyone, and I guess just to ourselves while we're going through this story, is that I feel like it's okay to feel bad for young Eileen, but she still killed a lot of people. Yeah, well, it doesn't justify her actions yeah. at the end of the day. Mm-mm. She still took lives. Yeah, and so while it's okay to feel bad for her as a child, just know she does some shitty shit. So like I said, around the age of 11, Eileen had opened herself up to prostitution and she would find comfort in trading sex for drugs such as marijuana, uppers and downers, LSD, mescaline, cocaine and PCP along so everything almost literally everything on the fucking chart and along with that she would you know obviously get money for it alcohol and even cigarettes so that's great 11 year old Eileen is flourishing being that Eileen was so young she began learning that sexual favors obviously got her what she wanted and needed and this act pretty much writes up uh, writes with her up until spoiler she ends up incarcerated for murder hmm. and I don't know. It's just a little crazy to me still because uh, how a child can adapt such crazy, I don't want to say adult habits because these things aren't normal habits, but more adult-like habits, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, being 11 and literally doing prostitution and drugs is like not it's that hard of. It's absurd, yes. That's super young. Like I, when I was 11, I probably didn't even know what prostitution and drugs were. I remember. To play with my Barbies. I didn't even. Oh, I don't even have like a. I don't even have like a real crush until like what was I like maybe twelve, and even then it was like just McCartney on TV, and I was like kissing the screen. And my mom's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, oh. <laughs> "And that's how she knew and you were gay." That's when I was gay. Well, that's when I came out as gay. Yeah. Is it really? Um. Well, that's when my mom definitely knew. So she definitely had her. Oh my god. She definitely had her. This is like a true story. It is a true story and a true story. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of this story. That's hilarious. Well, yeah, you didn't know that. No, oh my God, that's, that's crazy. So funny. <laughs> I love that. 
<laughs> Your mom was really like, bitch, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> you didn't write that in those parenting books. I know. I uh, Crazy. There's That's for another story. Oh, my gosh. But any, anyway, back to the story. Back to the story. Sorry. <laughs> we got off topic. But on top of all else, uh, sorry, on top of all else, at the age of 14 years old, Eileen had gotten pregnant. 14? 14 years old. She wow. got pregnant. And it's a tragedy after another because she cuss, uh, she was consistently bullied at school for her pregnancy, and which eventually led her to dropping out her freshman year of high school. So mm-hmm. Eileen was then sent to a home for unwed mothers at the time of her pregnancy. On March 23rd, 1971, Eileen gave birth to a baby boy who she couldn't even attach a father to. It's mm-hmm. the late 70s, so I'm not accurate, but I think that DNA testing wasn't discovered until the 80s. But claims were made by Eileen, according to sources, suggesting that the father could have been either her older brother, Keith, her a friend of her grandfather's who had reportedly molested her, or a truck driver she encountered while hitchhiking. Mm-hmm. So, so none good options. Yeah, no good options whatsoever, and especially at the age of 14. So, And once the baby was born, if you know anything about these kinds of homes for unwed mothers around this time, we know that the mother does not generally get to keep her baby. Well, they just kind of like snatch it up. They just snatch that baby up. And of course, as she should have been, Eileen was fucking furious. They took him before even having a chance to uh, look at the baby and sent her back home to her grandparents' house. Oh, and also because young Eileen had a quote-unquote promiscuous track record, no one really believed that the baby could even been an outcome of sexual abuse, which is truly just so sad. Um, It just really got swept under the rug. No one really paid attention to it much. And within months of returning home from the home uh, for a wedding, mother she had went back to her grandparents finding out that her grandmother Britta had passed away from liver failure as a result of heavy heavy drinking problems wow now yeah her grandmother wasn't just as i mean her grandmother was as horrible as her grandfather but i think that her child molesting grandfather having to only look after her just added to the terrified you know sense of oh yeah i mean they were both bad they're both bad like molest her right like i think that having you know one gone now just has the grandfather's upper half and going back to these circumstances did her no favors as she just recommenced hitchhiking, exchanging sex for money, drugs, and alcohol. And it didn't take long until the age of around 15 years old when her grandfather demanded and threw out her and her brother to fend for themselves. (laughs) Why? Bitch. Okay, we good? Are we we good? Okay. Sorry, hold on, guys. Oh my god, this thing is like jerking crazy. Sorry, our pop filters are like being wild in today. Okay, we good. We good. <laughs> we good. For now. So they were both homeless children, and I couldn't imagine what it's like to be a 15 year old child around this time. It's terrifying. Yeah, out on the street. Alone. Yeah. Oh my gosh, guys! It reminds me that I am so blessed. Thankful, yes, to have the 
you know, family I do have today. And I feel like some listeners may argue that she was already off on her own before, but despite a shitty household, I mean, she still had a roof over her head, and like we said... Yeah, she had a shitty grandparent. She had shitty grandparents, but at the same time, I mean, I get a she roof a over bed. your head. It's a roof over your head. You have a bed. You have food. You have that. You have shelter. Now, her and her brother tried keeping in touch because they somewhat cared for one another, but eventually they did go their separate ways. Now, Eileen is completely on her own. She'd break into cars to fall asleep in. She'd find old childhood friends to stay with, stay in old abandoned buildings and houses, and most often she would find shelter in the woods. Now, let's also keep in mind, she's in Michigan, so being homeless year-round is brutal. It already gets cold at night during the summers, and I couldn't imagine um, the brutal winter she had to go through because, you know, y'all, we live in the Midwest, and we have Great Lakes, so... Michigan is brutal in the winter. Yeah, I know. Girl. I remember that one year I was an RA um, up at Grand Valley, I think more, like, north, and um, there was that Arctic... I think it was, like, an Arctic... Polar Vortex. Polar Vortex. Thank you. Polar Vortex. I remember... That year was just... It was just ugly. It was an ugly year. Now, one interesting parallel, or a couple interesting parallels that this um, podcast called True Crime All the Time had discussed is that, I didn't even think about this either, Eileen's father, Leo, was abandoned by his parents at five years old and to be left with his grandmother. And then her mother also stated that she had been raped by her grandfather and gotten an abortion early on as well. I asked myself, I don't know, did Eileen even ever stand a chance? I don't think she did. No, that's a good answer. Uh, and only if Eileen had been adopted to a new family, I wonder if things might have been different. I like to think they would have been. Probably. Anyhow, years had passed by, and Eileen continued her streak of sex work. And eventually, in May of 1974, she had been arrested and brought to Jefferson County Jail for disorderly conduct, driving under the influence, and firing a weapon from a vehicle. So, while still in Michigan a couple years later, Later, she added to her criminal record after assaulting and attacking a bartender and disturbing the peace, which Eileen has a bad attitude sometimes, so it's not surprising. Clearly. And once Eileen had been uh, released, she finally had enough of Michigan and began hitchhiking across the United States to make money in prostitution, which eventually led her to um, Florida in May, t- ni- uh, sorry, May of 1970. Where at 20 years old, she had met a wealthy yacht club president, 69 year old Louis Fell. 69? <laughs> at 20? Oh, wait, no, not that. Not at that. 20, the age difference. The age wow. difference is brutal. Oh my God. Like, it's she huge. Said, I'm getting that bag she, anyway, anyhow. She said, I'm in my bag, 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 bag. bag, bag. No. <laughs> now, like I said, he was a wealthy yacht club president that spent years providing, you know, broke tours to rich and the famous while spontaneously um, making huge investments. So he had also recently got out of the marriage but kept close tabs with his ex-wife. 
And also had children together. So I'll just say that Louis Bell was doing just fine without her. And eventually she came into his life. And that same summer they met, Louis Bell fell in love. And they got married shortly after. Wow. <laughs> Big I like mistake. I feel like that's all I can say this episode is. Wow. wow. <laughs> Literally, I know. Tell how many times. And we we have a lot to go oh, yeah, We're not I even know. done. We're not even halfway through. But it was a big mistake, obviously, on Lewis's part, because their marriage only lasted nine weeks. And nine weeks. <laughs> it's like what? Kim Kardashian. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Kim Kardashian. Yeah, literally. And hers was like tech. seven weeks, right? Yeah, literally. Oh my You're God. right. So, yeah, it lasted nine weeks after they got into a dispute and Eileen decided to assault him with his own cane. This obviously resulted in another arrest. And Eileen later claimed that their marriage ended on her terms because she got violent or he got violent with her. But, honey, your husband is an elderly man and he has a clean record. So what does that say about you? But OK. I really beat this man up with his own <laughs> She took his own cane. I'm sorry, that's not and funny. And beat him across the head with it. <laughs> that's not funny. That's not funny, that's but like. not funny. It's. But oh my god. It's crazy. She's crazy. She. <sighs> that is not funny. She's a menace. She's a menace. She is crazy. She's she a menace. She beat that man. In the head, what? yeah. And luckily, Lewis survived, so it's okay. He didn't oh, die or anything. I'm so glad. Um, he did file a restraining order right after. As he should. And, As he should. <laughs> annual their marriage, which is also just, you know. As he should. I would too. And that same summer, Eileen had also received word that her grandfather had also committed suicide by carbon monoxide casts. Honestly, good. I'm kind of glad he did. And not even two months later found out that her brother Keith had passed away at the age of 21 from throat cancer. So oh, that one's kind of sad. That did. That is unfortunate because she was kind of that close to her sad. brother despite the Yeah, obvious. but that was like a product of their environment thing again. Like yeah. they didn't know any better. They were young. Yeah, that is true. That is a good point. So that's still kind of sad. And it did sadden Aline also for a second, but she was, you know, snapped back into reality after she was given his life insurance of $10,000, which she took two months to spend on. And she's two months, two months, two months, <laughs> two months to spend it on a luxury convertible that she crashed not long after. Oh, so. my God. She's, yeah. Oh, my God. This bitch. Girl, put that shit in savings. <laughs> I like to think, even if you're homeless, $10,000 would do enough for you. It would do enough. Like, had she not have blown her money all on motherfucking luxury items, I mean, she would be okay. And that, like... Um year I guess yeah. rent was probably so cheap like she should she could have got herself a place I was gonna also say that yeah but like $10,000 at the time that's a that's she a fucking got lot of money an apartment oh my god but like I said that money did not take long to dwindle and she returned to her preferred form of income prostitution she 
kind of did try here and there to get uh, some actually reasonably okay jobs, but I think the form of work she was already in was just easy money, so it's just what she knew. Um, And then at this point in her life, Eileen had committed, not committed any murders or anything, but she did have a pretty ugly string of offenses on her record. Yeah, she assaulted her husband with his own cane. She, yeah, I know. (laughs) She also can't get over that, guys. She stole, wrote back checks, like Bree said, whacked her husband across the head, became a nomadic sex worker. She was also, you know, notoriously charged with assault and disorderly conduct for many reasons. And this is all just really an outline for someone who is barely uh, scraping by and just has nothing else to lose. She likes to take risks, obviously, for quote unquote, for lack of better terms, a better reward. And it's like... She's telling herself, you know, I've committed these risky crimes. I've locked up. I've been locked up for X number of days. You know, the jail will give me a, a place to stay. They'll feed me. You know, where's the punishment? It's yeah. just so sad that she even has to think that way. But I think the worst crime that she has committed, though, was prior to her life of murder. Um, and I think it's for the, you're going to say this too. It's for the dumbest reasons. In 1981, she was around the age of, I think, 24 or 25. And at this time, she had a B- uh, boyfriend. I said BF in my notes, sorry. She had a boyfriend <laughs> that was around the same age. Oh, good for her. I know. But at the same point, they had gotten to feuds after one time she had downed some bottles of pills and then downed a entire case of beer and by the way sorry lady yeah she's not a huge woman by the way she's like fairly average i would say for a woman and she was around the i want to say she was around like five four so she wasn't a big woman at at all so i mean take that as you will and just the fact that she could withstand a whole ass bottle of pills and like a case of beer is just insane to me too yeah did she not have to go get her stomach pumped no fine not from what i found she was fine this lady did shit like this all the time so i guess you just can your body just gets your body adapted said, to it. this this is normal tuesday night is it it's <laughs> <laughs> a normal tuesday night it is <laughs> god dang so eileen later shares she wanted proof that her boyfriend really loved her and in doing so she walked into a convenience store pulled a gun on an employee and then robbed them but why? But why is correct. I don't even know. Girl, I'm like, was what her, is the fucking logic? Where was her boyfriend? Like, I don't get it. Like, he was he, even there. He's supposed to bail her out of jail or something? Well, I want to I wanna assume that she did it to, I guess, show that her boyfriend would love her no matter what, which is just so fucking weird to me. Yeah, make it make sense, baby girl. Yeah, thank you. And it's just... Her crazy ass just immediately being arrested right after that just really just is doing it for me. But her ass was immediately arrested and her boyfriend cared for her deeply up until, you know, she decided to do dumb shit and got herself locked up. So Obviously, he's not going to want to date you anymore, crazy. So much for that. Yeah, I know. And her actions got her put away for 14 months where she was actually sentenced for three years. So she got out very early. Yeah. And it's also just unfortunate. And according to the Orlando, sorry, Orlando Sentinel, Eileen had shared with a psychiatrist a lot of this information even able to share today 
including various times when she had reportedly been raped at least 10 to 12 times around the time that she was nomadic, you know, traveling around the country, and attempted suicide six different times. Wow. I know. And once specifically back in 1978 when she shot herself in the stomach in an attempt to kill herself. So, But all said, I just really wanted to have part one be really about painting who Eileen was and her character growing up. Not to just necessarily feel bad for her because she was a psychotic monster, as we will see in part two, but she definitely, you definitely learn and understand what makes a serial killer kill, you know? Um, And I also think it is completely okay, again, to feel bad for child Eileen because she was treated terribly since the day she was born. And, you know, it's sad, but again, like Bree said, it doesn't justify killing. And one question, I don't know, one question I do ask, I guess, is how much of the story is kind of true, because keep in mind, all the story, all the evidence that anyone can ever find about Eileen is based on just her. Because obviously, you know, spoiler, all the people that she murdered aren't alive. So, you know, we don't have the other side that concrete evidence, you know, so. Um, but the amount of sexual assault is unfortunate. It's sad. There are many men out there that are horned toads and will find any way to completely ruin a woman to satisfy their pleasures. And, you know, she eventually became none to this. And, you know, it just is important also to outline the relations that she also had with men. That's very important. But it's also interesting because she found love with women as well, which also will be discussed in part two so that wraps up part one for us stay tuned next week if you want to hear what happens next next week we'll talk about in part two we'll talk about uh tyra moore who was kind of her partner in crime and her significant other and then we'll also talk you know take a deep dive into the murders of eileen and what she and how she committed them we'll talk about how eileen was eventually caught and we'll look into her trial and what really took place so yeah I'll leave it there for now um, to also wrap this up just know that we'll um, have a episode that comes out on Monday it'll be a spooky episode so just look out for that very ep- excited for that episode spooky. to come out spooky spooky and then on Friday we'll have part two come out for you guys so yeah since this story is so heavy on the topic we would like to just mention that if you If you or anyone is struggling with anxiety or depression or suicidal thoughts, you can text or call 988, which is the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. They are always open 24-7, 365 days a year. Um, And if you would just like to support the cause, too, there is a very great organization. It's called the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Um, They're basically just a charity that raises money. Um, We've worked with them in the past and they're a very good cause to donate to um but without on the lighter (laughs) note (laughs) um hi god how do you transition 
Yeah, I am sorry, guys. That was a really dark one. But on a lighter note, um, we definitely appreciate just all the love that you guys have given us in the past couple of weeks that we started. Always. Yeah, started the show. I we've been looking at these analytics, and you know they are just increasing. You know by the minute. Well, Steady. We love it. We love it. <laughs> Steady climb. So, um, I I've seen some love overseas. Thank you so so much. I've seen some love from Romania. Shout out Solomon. <laughs> and I've seen some love from. Um, um, the uh, well, where else? It's just Europe in general. Honestly, yeah. we've seen a lot of love over there, and of course, in the states, we've seen a lot of love across the country. So we love you guys. And as always, the ways to reach us are going to be on Instagram at when the light underscore goes out. Um, our personal Instagrams are going to be at this is Kendall Hudson and at Brianna underscore Doyen. Um, our Facebook is going to be when the light goes out. Twitter w tlgo podcast and our email is wtlgo inquiries at gmail.com as always feel free to dm us or comment um give us some suggestions on what you'd like to see or hear next and as always send any stories that you have yourself um we still want to kind of do a compilation of listener stories too so make sure you're sending those over and as always we really really appreciate your love and support as Kendall already said um, and we will catch you in part two and that is what happens oh that is not what I was going to say no. god I fucked that all up <laughs> we'll see you next when the light goes out Woo. Wow. <laughs>